You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we're from MindRobber.net, the home site of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about things on podcasts, uh, like Doctor Who on this podcast, The Doctor's Companion. Uh, the Mind Robbers Versus, where we pick a show we love and we talk about episode by episode. Currently, we're covering Batman Beyond. Um, and that's also where you can find all of our in-depth uh, movie reviews for f- films that are currently in theaters. The next one we're going to be covering is Kick-Ass 2, uh, which will be out uh, next week sometime. And then, of course, our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we basically talk about everything else. And if you like our shows, review them on iTunes. Uh, we'll give you a shout-out. And if you have questions, comments, concerns, you can email those to us at podcast at mindrobber.net. If you want to start a discussion, add the comments uh, on the post of this episode on the website. Um, and then most of all, uh, tell your friends, um, especially uh, especially when we're in classic Whoville, because uh, I think that's when the least amount of people listen. It's just so funny because our numbers double when new who is on the air. Um, <laughs> and they just like, they just like somebody just, just takes a, a katana sword to them. Um, Someone just likes downloading the episode just hundreds of times. There's like a dozen. Of them. It's great. <laughs> um, yeah. We have like 12 listeners. Um, <laughs> honestly, with the amount of, of Dr. Who podcasts out there, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, we do have more than that. Um, in, in theory, anyway. <laughs> uh, no so, one's listening. No one's listening. <laughs> no one's listening to this. Um, in, okay, so today, um, not in theory, we're talking about uh, the David Tennant episode, uh, Midnight, um, which is uh, uh, significant for a few reasons that uh, Matt will go into right now. Yes, uh, Midnight. It's... Um Originally intended to be the 50th episode of the new series, uh, Russell T. Davies knew it was coming up and had commissioned a story from Tom McRae called Century House, which was apparently about uh, the doctor on a reality show about ghost hunting uh, in a house. Um, what? Where's that? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. What? That's right. Uh, something I, like that. Huh? Um, what? What? Why? What? Where's that story? I want that. <laughs> I need I need Big Finish to get New Who so that they can do a lost story with David Tennant of that. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was uh, the Doctor joins a live broadcast of a paranormal reality show called Most Haunted, investigating an old house purportedly haunted by the Red Window while Donna watches at home. That's I, apparently what that what, was. I, what? But Davies said, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> Davis said he didn't want to do that because uh, it was too similar to the Unicorn and the Wasp, which also took place in a house uh, and was dealing with supernatural stuff in a house. Uh, which is great because you hate the Unicorn and the Wasp. Oh, um, my God. So uh. 
it's Let's it's just... basically the same thing. I mean, they both had a house in them. Yeah. Well, I mean, like that's it's a it's a point of concern. It's a point of concern. I mean, look at look at the look at season twenty seven, the last McCoy season, where the doctor is in, or no, not the last McCoy season, the McCoy era, where the doctor's in World War Two like twice, and it's just like too much. It's well, too much. Just have it take place anywhere else, but do the same story. <laughs> have it take no, place in an asylum. Can't... Have it take place in a castle. Have it take place, I don't know, anywhere. <laughs> It doesn't uh, take that much to change. <laughs> I love that you're just like so angry now. Um, oh, I want it. That sounds amazing. What? Yeah. So uh, Davis said we're not doing that. Uh, um, and so this was intended to air right after the Unicorn and the Wasp. And uh, it was constructed so that the Doctor would be the only character in it and that the Companion would not be in it. Uh, because instead what they had done previously is they would do an episode that wouldn't have the Doctor or the Companion, but Davies decided for his last season to split the difference and do a Doctor-centric story. Um, and there was nothing wrong with Century House. He thought it was fine, but Davies was just like, you know, I have this other idea. Let me just see how it goes. Um, and so Davies basically wrote Midnight in a Weekend. Uh, he wrote it in like three days uh, after just basically coming up with it like two days earlier, um, and uh, he was so he he liked it so much that he was just like, nope, this is really good, uh, and I'm gonna do this. Um, so he brought in Alice Troughton, who is a new director, um, to direct to direct a Doctor Who story, um, and uh, Midnight was born. Uh, interesting point of fact: it didn't air right after the Unicorn and the Wasp because. Um, uh, Davies also found out that Stephen Moffat for the Silence in the Library two-parter was doing a story in which Donna was p- transported basically to a parallel universe where her life was different. Um, so instead of doing Force of the Dead and Turn Left back to back, he bumped up Midnight to after uh, to between those two stories to kind of make it so that it wasn't so similar. Uh, much like he uh, scrapped Century House because it was too much like the Unicorn and the Wasp. Um, which made the 50th episode of New Who uh, Dr. Light story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, Silence in the Library. Um, oh, the it's Silence in the Library now? Okay. Yeah, because right. he just he basically just swapped um, the Silence in the Library 2 part with Midnight. Um, oh, so, uh, I see. Okay. Yeah. And this is actually – it's funny because this is the first of nine episodes – that are all written by Russell T. Davies in a row, um, which I think is a record for Doctor Who um, act, uh, in the new series, anyways. Um, yeah, because well, he uh, wrote because, all the specials and then he wrote from here to the end of the season. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah so um, I mean, it's not like it's not like the 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 classic series where you know you could have someone writing you know a ten part story, um, but it is it is one of the longest stretches of. Uh, of a continuous, <laughs> they really uh, got rid of that whole script editor rule, huh? Oh, they really did. Uh, <laughs> that whole that the whole thing about script editor, like, I mean, Edward, Eric Sayward would be so happy because he would be just writing everything, um, uh, and I would hated it. So um, that's midnight. <laughs> I mean, also interesting because it's constructed that's, as a and that's midnight, not written by Eric Sayward. So I don't hate it. Yeah, so I don't hate it. Um, <laughs> that's just that's just how I'm rolling. Um, but yeah, Midnight, also interesting, I think most important, or most interestingly to, I know, you and I, uh, it's a bottle episode. It, everything takes place in one set and location, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think had happened There are since... three locations, <clears throat> no, four locations total in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's the their main cabin, which is, you know, 90% of it. Then there's the, the bridge, um, or I don't know. 
the cockpit. cockpit. Yeah, yep. cockpit is more. Is, yeah, that's better. The the cockpit, the uh, loading area, and then the pool where Donna is. Yep, that's it. That's the whole yep. thing. Yep, and I think the longest scene in this is like forty two pages or something. It's kind of insane. Um, so it's it's constructed as a bottle episode, which I think <clears throat> I know it happened two times previously. Once in um. Uh, Edge of Destruction, which was a two-parter uh, at the very beginning of the sto- of the show, there was Unearthly Child, that four-parter, and then there was the Daleks, which was an eleven, what uh, seven-parter, and then there was uh, Edge of Destruction, which was a two-part episode that was to uh, kill time while they built the sets for Marco Polo. Um, was Edge of Destruction though a true bottle episode, or yes. like it all takes place on the TARDIS bridge and that's it, nowhere else? Not on the TARDIS bridge, but within the TARDIS. Okay, um, but that's not a bottle episode then, because. They because they hadn't created other sets. They'd only created the 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 bridge, right? So um, so that doesn't if, actually count. I don't think. I think so. There's a, there's just there's because I mean technically the whole thing takes place I, I think technically I, I'm I'm I could be wrong, but I think technically based on the uh like the actual definition of what a bottle episode is, I don't even think technically midnight counts. I think we just call it that. Because it is like it all takes place on one set, but they did still have to build the sets, so it's not technically a bottle episode. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like the bottle episode of Community is a bottle episode because they don't build any new sets; they use an existing set and they mm-hmm. just make an episode where they never leave the set. Because I think wasn't bottle episode invented from Star Trek: The Original Series in an episode where they never left the bridge? Yeah, it was a Balance of Terror. But even for <laughs> Balance of Terror, they had uh, everything on Balance of Terror took place on the bridge. Um, but there was stuff where they cut away to like the Romulan bridge, which was built especially for that episode. So mm. it's okay. not it's not that it, the the hallmark mm. of a bottle episode is not that um, uh, it's not that they're not building sets; it's that they're locked in one location. Is mm. basically the idea. Um, it's that they're saving money because they're only building like like two or three sets instead of yeah like eighteen sets <clears throat> and confining it to that. I mean, like because <clears throat> the other example of bottle episode would be episode one of the Mind Robber, um, which definitely has some stuff that isn't in. Uh, the TARDIS itself. I mean, even though most of the episode takes place on the on the TARDIS, right? Um, but a big empty stuff white that takes room in, hardly counts as said in a white void. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> so it's not the same. Um, uh, but, but that's yeah, like I an mean, anti like set build. They're like, just take this set down, and then <laughs> just take the set down, and we're just gonna get a big sheet, just a sheet, <laughs> and it's gonna, we're gonna end up, and Jamie and Zoe are gonna walk on it. Oh, um, you know what makes me sad is I, didn't we already talk about that story? No, we God, haven't. No. Okay, no. okay, cool. I watched that no. extracurricularly. Good. I'm yeah, so excited. No. no, never. No, that's that is saved, my friend. Oh, Believe good. Me. I so excited. oh, I know better than to throw that one up early on. Uh. Oh, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> no, now, now, now I'm looking because who cares? Uh, let me see. <laughs> Where did I put it? Uh, my guys, is not. Guys, <laughs> guys, we know that this episode's going to run in light, so we're kind of stretching. <laughs> yeah, we're, it's fast and loose. Who cares? I got nowhere to be. We're just doing inside after this. It's all fine. Uh, no, we're not covering the mind robber until late 2015, so we're fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Late no, 2015. Jesus. Yeah, no, that's that's sometimes when, when you just when you just put it out there like that, uh, I I realize how long we've got to go on this thing, and it's yeah, uh, yeah. Phew. Well, it's funny because here's here's the other thing. Before we cover the mind robber on this show, we will have seen Avengers: Age of Ultron. Oh my god! And p- possibly Ant Man. That's like, insane. <laughs> that's that's how that's how far away that is. All um, right. So we got time. I'm we excited. Time. Yeah. 
the so namesake yeah, of the uh, of the of the website. <laughs> <sighs> um, All right. So so anyway, so that's midnight, I guess. <laughs> um, before we next move, week, um, before, <laughs> before we move on to actually talk about midnight, uh, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you can get from a local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to seventy five percent off, and regular discounts of forty percent off. Ship often ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. Um, all right, so midnight. Um, here's the thing about midnight. Uh, I love this episode. In like every time the episode's over, and I think back on it, and I'm like, that was great. While I'm watching it, is the most maddening 45 minutes of my <laughs> like <laughs> because because I'm just miserable because I hate all these people and I want them to all just 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 fall off a cliff. Um, <laughs> obviously, that's how I'm supposed to feel. Uh, but, but it's, it's a lot like the mist in that way. I don't know. Have you ever seen the mist? No. Okay. You would love the mist. Um, <laughs> you would love the mist. Uh, cause it's basically, this is a movie, um, in a grocery store. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's like, I, I, I love this and I love how it's basically just like, let's play this out and let's see how people act and, and react and everything. And I think that's all really, really good. Um, I also like that they, they don't do like a twilight zoney thing. Cause I kept, I, I couldn't remember if they had done it. Um, so I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't positive, uh, cause I hadn't seen this in a really long time, but I was worried that there was going to be a moment in this at the end where there'd be like this twilight zoney ending where, uh, where everyone just like comes to the conclusion that the monster was causing them to act that way. And then, like, they reveal that, like, no, that was just you guys. You're the monsters. <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. just, like, waiting for that beat to, to hit, and, and it never did. Um, they very, like, that was left very open-ended. Um, yes. As far as, like, how much power that the monster has um, over, over them. And uh, the, uh, the whole, like, talking while other people are talking, uh, that whole thing, especially um, saying things exactly the same way and exactly the same cadence and everything and matching everyone up, like, in unison. Like, I don't really know how they did that um, mm-hmm. other than, like, lots and lots and lots of trial and error, uh, mm-hmm. which I find fascinating. Um, but it, it, it definitely works to, like, a great effect. I love the knocking on the side of the ship. That was done to really good effect. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just – I this is – it's it's really, really great. It's just really stressful to watch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really stressful uh, in, in a good way, in a, in, a, in a way that, like, few dramas are this stressful. But this is really stressful. Um mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, just watching it just reminds me, like, oh, yeah, that's right. David Tennant is definitely my favorite doctor. Because um, uh, he's the best doctor. I it's, mean, that's not even... Oh, my God. Whew. Um, yeah. uh, I, would, I would really love to see uh, this episode performed by every other doctor we've ever had. Just to see how they would react differently to what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be... I think this is... This episode, more than any other, I would love to see remade in every era. Mm-hmm. Um, or pre-made, as the case may be, but yeah, yeah. I just think I, that would be fascinating. I don't know, especially because it's so esoterically doctor-specific. Yes. Um, 
and I think that part of the reason for that is because, you know, uh, my thing about Doctor Who, and it's my problem, I suppose, is that Russell D. Davies forever defined what the show is going to be for me. Mm-hmm. Um and like, I mean, because I had no experience before Davies, so everything that Davies says that the Doctor is or explains that the Doctor is, is my Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything that anyone else has to do, like, they have to come up with something wildly different to make it that. That's why I react adversely to the Moffat era. It's why, you know, you'll have other eras that don't quite work for me. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, and the, the thing about Midnight that makes it interesting is it's, it's a couple of things, and I'll get to them in a second, but the first thing I want to say is that this is probably one of my ten favorite Doctor Who stories of all time. Um, I can't think of a story that I like more. Uh, I just, I love this to pieces, and I think mm-hmm. that it is masterful. I think it is perfect. I think it is ridiculously well-structured. I don't know how he wrote this in three days. Um, oh, I totally do. I mean, I know how, but, like, it's just... It's so it's imp- really free flowing. Like mm-hmm. it feels like it really feels like a first draft that was accidentally good enough to be a final draft because mm-hmm. it, like it's that free flowing. Mm-hmm. So I th- like this just reminds me of like that story that you hear where Kevin Williamson wrote Scream in in, in like three days or or mm-hmm. Cabin in the Woods was written in three days. Well, less Cabin in the Woods because that was structured first. Um, mm-hmm. More like Scream because Scream was just free flowing. Um, mm-hmm. And you can you can totally tell because you have like two massive set pieces at the beginning and end, and then the middle part is just like a bunch of really short scenes that get from A to B. Um, mm-hmm. and the last midnight act is like forty minutes long, in the right? Mid-set. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then and midnight feels like that. Midnight feels like he probably spent longer on the beginning and end, like. Uh, like until that 42 page section in the middle, like once he started that 42 page section in the middle, I would almost guarantee he wrote that all almost in one sitting. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cause it, cause it, cause it does follow, like it just follows like that pattern. Like it, and it, it, it does have like, like you said, that free flowing aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I mean, I look at this and I just marvel at how exquisitely well done it is. I mean, part mm-hmm. of the, one of the things that I forgot to mention in my background is that this was written as a response to Voyage of the Damned, where Voyage of the Damned is about a bunch of uh, survivors in the middle of a catastrophe, and they're all just the nicest people, and they're mm-hmm. all just the most heroic people. Mm-hmm. And Davies was just like, that's not right. So he wrote this. Um <laughs> just to explore the other side of human nature. And I think that, like, the thing about Davies that makes him really interesting, I mean, it's interesting that this is the next 10th Doctor story we're talking about after Love and Monsters because it is so wildly experimental. Um, it isn't like any Doctor Who story I think I've ever seen. Um, and it's interesting that he, you know, I mean, I compare the Davies era now to Moffat, to the Moffat era, and, and I look at it, and what Moffat has done... And I don't, I don't like this, um, but I don't fault him for it. Is that Moffat has constructed a, do- a version of Doctor Who in which he gets to write all the finales and all the openers and never has to do anything interesting ever again, um, unless it's a Christmas special. And he's kind of dropped the ball on every Christmas special after uh, Christmas Carol in terms of that, because mm-hmm. you know the rest are kind of standard. Um, mm-hmm. And I look at this, and this is you know this is Davies in his fourth year, which I mean we're about to see Moffat entering his fourth year. And Davies is still experimenting and playing with what he can do in a Doctor Who episode, um, and the guy is still fascinated by it. No, don't don't give Moff- don't give Moffat don't don't let Moffat. Uh, he's not entering his fourth year. He's entering his third year. I don't care what time tells me. <laughs> no five series five six seven. He's about to do series eight. That's oh my god, year. he is. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, but he's been, but he's had it for five years. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So you look at, I mean, I look at him, I look at, I look at Davies and I'm just impressed that he is constantly trying to do something new with the show. Um, that this doesn't like, this just feels wildly experimental in a way that mm-hmm. is, um, just refreshing like i don't like i said i don't think that there's a story that he does that is more experimental experimental in this other than maybe love and monsters um Mm because he's just doing openers and closers and then an action one in the middle um Mm -hmm. and i mean i love it for that i love it because it's a bottle episode i love it because it's just a bunch of people just acting like just real jerks like real just like scum of the earth awful people and pushing them into that way that is where it is absolutely believable and how and it's also interesting because like there isn't a story that i can think of that is a better showcase for david tennant at all um because this is all about him uh and how he reacts to these situations and i mean he gives like this is this is just a master class in performance watching him do like just jump from moment to moment from silly to serious to terrified him at the moment where sky Silvestri takes over his body or, or, or steals his voice mm-hmm. is horrific and watching him just be utterly terrorized by it because you don't understand it but because he's so scared is impossibly affecting um mm-hmm. and it is just it is it is masterful watching this story play out um i just i i'm blown away by this um for 45 minutes i can't i can't handle it um i just i can't handle it it's just so good um and i mean it's i mean it's a great it's a great horror story i mean people say that blink is the scariest doctor who story of all time i'm like no midnight is like midnight is because you're just watching like you just watch this turn just spiral slowly into hell Mm -hmm. and it is just intense from the second the, Mm -hmm. the 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 knocking starts until um the hostess and sky fall out of the airlock it is just non-stop just thriller um mm-hmm. just amazingly well put together um amazingly well put together and just brilliant 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 i also wonder if um if the the line about them not knowing the hostess's name if he had planned that ahead of time or mm-hmm. if he got to that point in the script and realized that he was calling her hostess the whole time and how sad that was Mm. Um, and then just sort of called himself out on it. Um, Interesting. I, I, I wonder. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think that. I think that might have might have been the case. I have no idea. Yeah. The crazy thing about Davis is that he knows his story is beginning to end, <laughs> like in his head before. Like he doesn't write down any structure. He just kind of goes beginning to end, and then mm-hmm. it just plays it that way. Um, but I mean, she is called the hostess in. Uh, in everything, like in the script, that's how he refers to her, and he never gives her a name. Right. Um, so it's entirely possible, uh-huh. uh, and it's—I mean, it's just—it's oh, amazing. Um, in particular, I really want to give a shout out to the cast because I think the cast is really good. <laughs> like, yeah. And and it's everyone too. It's not just like the hostess being great, but um, uh, Leslie Sharp as Guy Silvestri is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like you said, I don't know how they did all of the matching of the voices. I know that when they're in singles on people, um, where it's like over the shoulder in the commentary, tenant mentions that they were miming to each other. Like he's just mouthing the words when, when she's saying his words. So like, it's easier to match up that way. Um, but like when they're looking at each other, like she is just 
brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. She's just she's just brilliant and terrifying. Um, the shots of her just like huddled in the corner like a goblin are just. So, so intense. Um, And then I really love, um, I think that Val Kane, uh, played by Lindsay Colson, is wonderful as just this harpy. Um, Because, like, I mean, the thing is that she is the evil one in the room. Like, she's the one who is the most evil of all of them. She's the one who's telling everyone else what to do. And she is no better than the monster herself. And Val and and Lindsay Colson just plays that and plays it nonstop and is just terrifying. Like, she just reminds me of, like, you know, seeing Caprica 6 on Battlestar telling Baltar what to do and screaming at him. Um, And it's just, I, I think she's brilliant um and i think i uh everything in this is just so good um, oh yeah this is just this is just mind-blowing um i can't i can't handle it also the editor whoever whoever edited this who was it um uh philip Kloss, who hadn't really done anything before this wow uh <laughs> just because he getting everything moment to moment is just so exquisitely put together and yeah, all of that stuff is good. I actually there was a moment where I thought there was a cut that was weird at the very beginning when he's on the phone, the the hero mm. shot where he's saying like what's the worst that could happen? Like it was very static and then all of a sudden we cut to this really dynamic shot um and it just felt off. I I I remember watching it and being like, "Ooh, that was rough." Mm. Um that so that's sure. that's uh, I had an issue with that, but that might not have been his fault. That might have been um uh Alice Troughton's fault. So sure, um, but yeah. just um, amazing, just yeah. an amazing study of human culture and personality and mm-hmm. what people are like, and just the bit where they're like, we should throw them out, and then they're like, we should throw you out. It's just yeah, <laughs> horrific. Um, and uh, it's uh, my favorite Doctor Man. That's yeah. I mean, like the people who say that David Tennant is not the best Doctor. Like I, I get it. There's there's favorites, but like he is just amazing here um although it doesn't it really doesn't do do uh anything against the argument of um your your first doctor is your doctor um because you know that's it's true for us with this guy Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so i i don't know it's it's just it's a thing too where it's like the people who really love matt smith's doctor like you talk to them for more than 30 seconds and you're like oh yeah of course matt smith's your favorite doctor um (laughs) I mean, it's true. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, he, he's just, he's like, he's just a meme machine. Um, (laughs) uh, and, and I don't know. It's, it's a thing where it's just like, no, you just, you want somebody funny. Um, that's, that's what you want. And, and it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, that's fine. You can have your clown. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll keep, uh, I'll keep David Tennant. Um, and the idea that we're going to get more David Tennant as the doctor in just like three months. Oh my God. Yeah. That's kind of nuts. That's kind of crazy. I can't Uh, wait. Yeah. It's, that's going to be good. And I love that. Um, I mean like, that's the thing about this is like, I, it's hard to push the doctor because he's been around for so long, but this pushes him like Mm -hmm. this is, this is pushing him to the utter brink of what he is capable of because he is in so far over his head. Um, so far, and and he's just like I, he just is so out of his element. It's amazing to see him just react to that and deal with that and be that and and all that. Um, also, mm-hmm. I love that they don't explain what the monster is. They yeah. just let it go, and it is ju- and it is 
whatever. And, and that makes it even more terrifying because mm-hmm. this thing just came in. It messed with everyone. And when you see it take its voice, it is terrifying when it starts talking about what it's like to live on midnight and what it's like to be in a person and talking about the blood and the, she just hams it up, but in a great way. Um, and just thinking about it, like the worst case scenario of what would happen if this thing got out, it's just like this thing cannot get out. Whatever it is, this is the most, it is terrifying because it is so unknowable. Um, mm-hmm. And he doesn't, he See, doesn't explain it. You know what's funny is um, for me, like I, I get the, the Voyage of the Dam comparison, but for me, the comparison is actually more of uh, Impossible Planet Satan Pit. This is this is a it. devil I'm way more interested in. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm talking about. Like I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, if if this was the kind of devil that was that was on it was in that episode, then I would like that a lot more. This is much more interesting to me. So, mm-hmm. and I I agree that this is much more interesting because this could be anything. Um, mm-hmm. And and I mean it could be Satan. Like you don't know. Right. Like you just don't know. Um, it could just be it could just be a freak of the light. Hell, it could have been her the whole time. Like that's the other crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Like it could have been her the whole time. Like she might have just been struck by lightning or something. Like it could be it could be anything. And the thing is that that makes the doctor so impressed by it is just like he will never know. For so mm-hmm. long as he lives, he will never understand what happened to him. And it scars him at the end. The, sc- the conversation between him and Don at the end is beautiful. Yeah. Um where she's just like where she's just like, are you okay? And he's just like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah. And then she repeats what he says, and he's just like, don't. Just like, he can't even, he can't even do it. Yeah. He can't even deal with it. It's, oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, what a story. Like, what a, what a story. Absolutely. And, oh, my God. It's so good. It's spectacular. It really is. Um, all right. Well, before we wrap up, uh, just a reminder that uh, we're also sponsored by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus, or absolute edition graphic novel comic book collection at 35 to 45% off, plus new release specials at 50% off every week. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. Go there and buy some Doctor Who comics uh, before IDW loses their license. Um <laughs> Uh, at the end of the year. Um, okay, so next week, um, uh, oh man, um, Sylvester <laughs> McCoy, <laughs> Sylvester McCoy's uh, regeneration story, uh, Time in the Ronnie, is what we're watching. Um, uh, his uh, his eleventh hour, if you will, um, his Christmas invasion. Uh, <laughs> yikes. Um. So we've got that to look forward to. Uh, <laughs> I'll look forward to it freely. Let's do this. Oh, man. Um, I'm looking forward to the documentary. That's for sure. <laughs> God, I really love those 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 BTS docs on those DVDs. Like, that's like the one thing that I'll, I'll give them credit for with all these home video releases of these classic Who stories. Like, they really like they always have one of those on there. Like, and the ones that they don't, they they do special editions of so that they do have them. And they're usually like supersized or something. Yeah. Oh, it's just great. Like they just they yeah. know how to do uh, special features. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. They they really make it worth your buck. Um, yep. And then uh, also we'll be doing his uh, his ebook, The Ripple Effect, written by Mallory Blackman, I believe, or yeah. Marjorie Blackman. It's one of those two. Blackman's yeah. the last name. Yeah. Which so I'm very much looking forward to this one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I 
really, 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 really much. I don't know if you know anything about it, but the, the little snippet I read was just like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I'm, I'm excited. Um, so we'll be, uh, we'll be taking a look at that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then uh, on the other side of that, we're doing the Sensorites, <clears throat> which I like, um, even though it's not good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I don't have a problem with it. I like it. I like the Sensorites. I will freely admit that. Uh, so the Sensorites, then we're jumping back into the 10th Doctor with the Daleks in Manhattan, Evolution of the Daleks. Um, <laughs> so we're going to do that. And then we're going to do... Uh, with Spider-Man. And, hmm? With Spider-Man. With Spider-Man. With Spider-Man. In New York, no less. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we're going to do Frontier in Space, and that's going to be paired with the 8th Doctor ebook Spore. Wait, um, hold on. Wait, wait. Hmm. Doesn't Andrew Garfield turn into a pig monster in that? I don't think so. Oh, he doesn't. Okay, he's not one yeah. of them. Because because the 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 sheer amount of Peter Porker jokes that could be getting made um, missed oh, opportunity. Oh. It would be it would be amazing. <laughs> Spider Man. The gifs. I just see the gifs of him just like ripping off the Spider Man mask, and it's just a photoshopped head of him being in a pig costume. Oh my god. Like, <laughs> be amazing um amazing but he must um, not be one of the ones that does no uh so frontier in space on the other side of that which is the third doctor master story and the eighth doctor ebook spore which i'm announcing just because it was recently announced and then the other side even more tenth doctor with the planet of the dead so mm. eh, good stuff good another stuff. another bottle ish episode ish a bo- bottle bottle ish with uh with uh uh like a, a crew of people who um react to the situation that they're in in a variety of ways it really it feels like you know it's weird because it feels like voyage of the dam was uh was a thesis and midnight was a antithesis and planet of the dead you could call a synthesis i suppose probably we'll see we'll see yeah because i don't, i remember i remember the people of planet of the dead being alternatively like just really really just like boring um well that uh, would be the synthesis of those two things right <laughs> Right, I suppose, I Inter- suppose. interestingly heroic, interestingly non-heroic uh, to uninteresting. Right, <laughs> <laughs> be the middle yes. of those two extremes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what's coming up. It's a lot of good stuff coming up. A lot of good stuff for the rest of the year, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be really fun. Yeah, we're we're really right. Fun. We're 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 very very close to. Uh, we're just like a few months away from starting up our uh, our countdown of stories. Um, um, yeah, just about two months. Yeah. Um, we're doing it a, t- a 10 to 10 to one. Yeah. F- our 50th anniversary countdown. Um, yeah. I'm excited to do that. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good stories in there. Oh yeah. A lot of definitely. new stuff that you wouldn't hear about otherwise that we're going to talk about. And no one's going to care about, but I'm going to love. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yes. It's yes. true. All right. We will, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week with, uh, with, uh, time on the Ronnie. Oh boy. All right. Bye. Bye, y'all.